It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. This is Philip Rossman Reich of Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. Today is December 29th, 2017. We're actually recording this on December 28th. No, no, today is the 28th, but but when this air when this airs and when this is published, it'll be December 29th. Um, like I said, my name is Philip Brossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. The person I'm talking to off camera, off the screen, and you're not watching this anyway, so it, so none of that matters, is our good pal Chris Barnwall of CBS Sports. Chris, welcome to the Orlando to the Lockdown Magic Studios, known as my apartment. <laughs> it's very cramped in here, and I very fitting that you would do an audio site gag and an audio <laughs> recording. Yeah, um, uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a newspaper man, so this whole this whole multimedia thing um, is still very very confusing to me, and I don't understand it. But I've been doing it now for a year and a half or so. so. Pivoting to podcasts. Pivoting to we're, we're pivoting to podcasts here. Um, I, of course, uh, we're recording this uh, as as you could tell by by our sight gags. We're recording this on December 28th before the Orlando Magic take on the Detroit Pistons. All attack on a, a brief recap of that game at the end of this episode. So stay tuned to hear all about the Magic's likely 10th straight loss if or first straight win. But if um, you want something current, put on Navy Virginia a recording <laughs> at the first quarter, one minute and seven seconds left, because that's what we got on in the background, and it's incredible. It <laughs> is. It is incredible. Uh, go Army, beat Navy. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I want to have... Wait, cur- so they're wearing the Blue Angels jerseys. They are wearing the Blue Angels jerseys, and you can't... I, I, like, I feel like you can't root against the Navy... Um, you can't except, root against the military. What's wrong with you? I know, but 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 army, army, army was my team in NCAA football 2005. I Navy them. was mine. I would make oh. them go to the championship. They always got brought to the ACC, so it was very easy to pick them up <laughs> and then immediately bring them to like bring them to a major conference and then just go win championships. I see. Always. You see, I got I got picked up by the Big Ten, which is pretty ironic because because I'm a Big Ten guy. You're you're an AAC guy, uh, so uh, pretty pretty ironic that we still ended up where we ended up anyway. And and the Big Ten's trying to move into New York anyway. I mean, Army is a much be- better investment, in my opinion, than than Rutgers. Um, but uh, we're, you're not here to listen to us yammer about college basketball. Please college don't football. talk about Northwestern again, please. I, I will. I will avoid the Northwestern talk. But <laughs> the Wildcats do play Kentucky uh, in football um, on on Friday. Uh, but but we're not here to talk about college. We're of not course, here. To, of course, you can you can get an UC you can get a UCF plug in if you want. <laughs> Boo Auburn, go UCF. <laughs> Damn straight. Um, let's. We're, we're not here to talk about college football much Mackenzie, longer. Mackenzie Milton for Heisman. Adrian Killens, <laughs> the fastest man alive. Um, Shaquem Griffin will. Let's let's world. let's pivot now to basketball. Um, obviously, the Orlando basketball podcast. This is a basketball podcast, believe it or not. Um, although so, sometimes the magic make you wonder. Um, but uh, I wanted to have you on to talk a little bit about the Orlando Magic. You, you've obviously been been covering the team, and uh, I think. You, Chris, need to explain yourself because you left the Magic a big lump of coal on on the CBS Sports Power Rankings this 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 week. Well, um, I mean, they left me a lump of coal with those jerseys. That's also true. <laughs> that's also true, and we could talk a little bit about that later on. But um, 
you you rank the Magic thirtieth in your latest power power rankings. Um, it's it, when you look at the statistics, when you look at how the teams played, uh, even with the injuries, it's it's hard to argue that argue that, but uh, hard to argue against doing that, or at least against arguing for it. But what what was basically your your reasoning and your argument for for dropping the Magic to that ignoble place? If I'm remembering correctly, obviously we're doing this at the same time. I don't have my laptop pulled up. I'm pretty sure they have the longest losing streak in the NBA right now, which that's a big part of it because the way I try to do my power rankings is wins matter the most. You're supposed to win. I try to not make them just a basis of standings, but if you have a bad week of wins or losses, then you're going to get punished for it. And the Magic, not only are they losing a lot, I'm pretty sure, like I said, I'm pretty sure they have the longest losing streak. And and they do. They do have the longest losing streak in the league right now. Right, so there's that. And not only are they losing, they're getting smoked. The Hawks look more competitive. The Mavericks look more competitive. The Suns look more competitive. And those are, in my opinion, the three worst teams in the NBA this year. And the Kings as well, but the Kings keep winning for some reason. Uh, <laughs> but when you have Vince Carter defying, defying father time, I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to do. That makes more sense now, obviously. But when you, all these teams that I think are the worst teams in the NBA, like I think all those teams are worse than the Magic by far. If you put them in a seven-game series, I think the Magic would beat all of them. But when even with injuries, when you're just getting absolutely decimated by these horrible teams, it's... I have to give them terrible ranking, and I can't make excuses for injuries, even though it feels wrong to do that. Especially when their most recent loss was probably one of their one one of their better games played until Wayne Ellington decided to go in fuego. Yeah, and, and to that point, the Magic do have the longest losing streak, current losing streak in the NBA, at least at the time of this recording, uh, at nine games. Uh, that obviously means they're one and nine in their last ten games. Um, uh, but also, when you look at that nine-game losing streak, only three games in that nine-game losing streak have been decided by ten or fewer points. Um, and and obviously, margin of victory is not the end-all, be-all of whether a game is a it's not the end-all, be-all, game, but it makes but it does it, say a lot. <laughs> Net rating, I don't know. Some people don't like net rating. I personally really like net rating. It's one of those things that's a really good indicator of if you're losing by a lot, more often than not, you're a bad team. And I know it's in college that gets difficult because a lot of people are like, oh, they can run up the score. There's a big talent gap. In the NBA, that doesn't exist. If you're a pro team and you don't want the score run up on you, beat them or play better than them. No one in the NBA runs up the score because everyone's a pros and everyone can't have the score run up on them. They're just they're better than that. Like so, and, and and I've I've always I've always told this said this about uh, about the blowout games. I mean, the Magic have taken a lot of bad losses, like thirty point losses. Being down by thirty points says more about the losing team than it does the winning team. Yes, especially at the pro level, because there isn't these massive talent gaps at pro. Like they're all being, they're all millionaires being paid lots of money to play basketball and do it well. And even when you're as injured as they are, you shouldn't be losing by thirty to anyone especially on such a consistent basis as they are, which it's not just they're losing. They're losing so horrifically bad as everyone looks better than them. Even the Hawks, the Grizzlies, the Suns, and the Mavericks, who are easily the four worst teams in the NBA this year. Yeah, and to and to that point, just um, because Chris doesn't have his computer, I do because um, we're recording onto it, but uh, the Magic in the last nine games during this nine-game losing streak have the worst net rating in the league at minus 14.3 points per 100 possessions. They have the worst offense in the league at 96.9 points per 100 possessions, which... A bad offense you might expect considering they're missing their top... Considering for most of this nine-game losing streak, they missed their top two scorers in Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon. In fact, the losing streak began at Evan Fournier's injury. Uh, and then Nikola Vucevic went out and, and Terrence Ross has been out and and all and everything like that. And then uh, the Magic have the fourth-worst defensive rating in that nine-game stretch at 111.2. 
um, points allowed per 100 possessions. So it's 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 a bad bad mix of of everything. Um, and, and so I think you're you're absolutely right. You you can't you can't be upset that the Magic rank are possibly the worst team in the league right now because that's how they're playing. They're playing like the worst team in the league right now, and it, you know it, it it's it's somewhat stunning to see it in print. <laughs> um, because uh, like I held off on this for a long time. There was a period where I really was probably overrating them. I was putting them up in the high twenties. So I was like, no, they aren't this bad. There's injuries. I've watched them plenty of times. Like, there's no way they are this bad. I've seen them when they're playing well. I've seen them in stretches in these losses where they play well. I'm like, this is not a team that's worse than these teams are ranking them, ranking them below. But eventually, just the results supersede what I'm watching and. While I still think they're not as bad as these other teams, when they're playing that bad and the results say it, just at some point it's like, no, they have to be listed as the worst team in the NBA at this very moment. Yeah, and 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 uh, I mean, it's it, again, what, what argument? What argument do you have against it when when you're when you're struggling to com- even compete in games? I mean, I think I, I think I told you on the on the way back from the game against the Pelicans. When was the last time the Magic played a competitive game? Like, let, let alone... Let, let alone a, we let have alone. a debate when the last time they won a game was, because we're pretty sure that's the last time they played a competitive game. Yeah, and and then that's pretty much true. I mean, the Detroit... Detroit. I mean, even that... I mean, one of those games that was decided by fewer than 10 points was a Detroit game where the Magic came back from 26 down in the fourth quarter and bad made teams, it a five-point game. Bad teams win close and lose big, and the Magic win close and lose big, which says a lot. Yes, it it, de- it definitely does. Um, you know, it, it's 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 it, we've we've danced around it. We've talked a little bit about it, but we're finally going to the jerseys. Then we're gonna we're, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to the jerseys. I promise. But because because you because you definitely have some hot takes on the jersey. I maybe have a, a cooler take on them. Um, but or maybe I got my hot takes out when when the when the uh, uh, sports logos mocks came out. But um, how much of an effect? have the injuries had on this team is is if the magic say get Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier back and they and again we're recording this before the magic played the Pistons on on December 28th so their game time decisions for the game um they could be back tonight and and this next conversation could be moot but it felt like getting Evan Fournier back on Tuesday helped bring the team to a bit more nor- a bit more normal level like it felt like everyone started to fit better into place and, and obviously there's a little bit of an energy boost is is this team's problems as simple as getting back their top two scores it, will they will they at least get back to a comfortably sub 500 level um, with those two guys back in the lineup it's something not as simple as that but I think a huge part of it would be just getting healthy again They're, they were decimated by injuries absolutely destroyed by injuries we saw it. it was just one injury after the other after the other when Nikola Vucevic went down with a broken hand my immediate response was blow trade everyone like destroy the team because there was nothing to save them obviously Fournier and looks like Gordon possibly are going to come back soon Isaac's been in and out of the lineup so maybe that was a little overreactionary to the moment I mean it certainly it certainly felt like when Vucevic went out it was a, the season was over. It was the season's <laughs> over like I mean I like if, if you know me on the show and you know me talking on Twitter you know, I can be a little bit of an eternal optimist, and and, and I, I still find good things to say. But even after that happened, like I wrote the the we're staring we're staring deep into the abyss here. Like this is this is not good. This is not going to end well, and it's going to be tough to watch. And it's not even Christmas yet, right? And so the injuries have absolutely decimated them, and that's obviously been the biggest part of them because every team gets hurt by injuries. But when you lose four of your five starters, depending on how you feel about Terrence Ross as a starter compared to Jonathan Simmons. When you lose four of your five starters and only Alfred Payton from opening night is starting still and playing and healthy, 
it doesn't matter who you are. That's horrible. You're going to lose games unless you're like the Spurs because the Spurs are eternal and the Spurs win everything. But any average NBA team, they're not going to win anything when they lose four other five starters. And it really does feel as simple as, you know, if they get their starter back, maybe they'll turn back into a 500 to sub 500 team. But honestly, the damage feels like it's been done at this point. Yeah, I mean, and 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 I mean, again, looking at those numbers is is stark. I mean, the Magic were eight and four. It's, that's that's where we like to that's that's where we like to kind of have the season end. Um, they've won only three of their last twenty three games. I mean, it's it's just an insane amount of losing they've had. Two nine game losing streaks now in that stretch. It, the, the, there's a stat that goes around that essentially the playoff field is set. You know, probably eighty percent of the playoff field is set. By Christmas, and obviously the season started later this year than normal. So, I mean, any talk of the playoffs, we're talking the Magic would have to go on an extreme tear. To, to well, to, no, the bottom of the conferences this year are they're starting to see some separation, but it's way closer than you think it is this season. Where we're used to these really big disparity gaps, but Magic are seven and a half games out of the playoffs. They are right seven and a half, which that's a lot. That is a lot. Is, that is a lot. There, there's a lot of teams to climb not, over. <laughs> that is not as absurd as it sounds when the teams available are Miami. The teams they do have to pass are Miami, New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, Charlotte, and Brooklyn. That's fair. None of those teams are teams that I really have confidence in to not have a streak like this. Even Philadelphia, because they were so reliant on Joel Embiid being healthy, which we've already seen. Even and they're and they're young and they're. I mean, Philadelphia. You're clearly seeing some some young mistakes getting made. Chicago's right. now, on do a I just think incredible tear the right now. No, they're not. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they have no chance at the playoffs. I I did tier rankings at some point um, this year, and I had them in the no chance of making the playoffs tier. But this is more a point of if they fought their way back up to that middle tier of that New York, Philadelphia, Chicago range, where it was like, hey, maybe they could make some noise. It's possible. I don't think it's going to happen, but I don't think it's this disparity gap yet. It's probably going to reach that soon, though. Yeah, and, and certainly, I mean, I think I think when we all looked at the schedule, we knew that November, early December was going to be really, really tough. Coaches acknowledged how tough that early part of the schedule was, and we looked at the last two, three weeks of December as a chance to pick up wins. And I think what's even more disappointing than than the losing is this is the belief that the Magic lost a big opportunity to, to gain ground here against teams that were kind of in the same range as Orlando. I mean, I think that they played Chicago, they played Miami, um, they played Washington, who's at 19 and 16 and, and only eight, eight games ahead of the Magic in the standings, um, playing Detroit a couple times, playing New Orleans, who's about a 500 team. A lot of teams that, you know, if the Magic did want to be a playoff team, those are the kind of teams that they're going to have to be at about the same level as. And, and obviously... It, it, it's an opportunity lost. You can't go get. You can't go get it back. Um, and and the the question now is, okay, well, how much can you make up? How much ground can you make up? Uh, how much better can you get? Uh, or you know, maybe the question that the fans have now is, is any of that worth it? I mean, is any of it worth it? This whole season has been a dang mulligan. Like, it's, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> if, who cares what's worth it or not? Like, the whole season has been. What are we going to get out of this roster? What are we going to get out of the future? Who should we keep? Who should we not? Who should we build around? The entire season's been a mulligan. So whether they choose to tank later in the season, whether they choose to keep gunning for the playoffs because what else better do they have to do at this point, it doesn't really matter because who knows how much of this roster is going to be around? Who knows how much the front office buys into what they have? So is it worth it? Yeah, any game is worth it because you have more evidence to what you can do for the future. You can find out... 
hey, Alfred Payne's been playing really well lately. Is this just a stretch that we're using Zane where he plays good for one month, then doesn't do anything else from that point? Or maybe he can become a better defender and all of a sudden it's like, hey, maybe we actually do have a point guard of the future and we don't have to be so reliant on finding one. Maybe Jonathan Isaac eventually finds his way into the starting lineup. Maybe Aaron Gordon starts playing a little better on both sides of the ball and playing a little more consistent. Like, there's evidence you can get here aside from, well, are they winning or are they losing? Because while that's the most, like I said earlier, that's the most important part of basketball, for this team in particular, there's so much more evidence and context they need to find first. Yeah, and and, and I, I, I've been, I mean, I've been tough saying essentially that it's a mulligan season, which I like a lot better than, than the way I phrased it. Um, uh, so I may steal that. Uh, but uh, I, I've been saying that pretty much since the summer, that the, the win-loss record for this team doesn't matter. It's the information that, that the front office gains. It's, it's figuring out exactly how much to pay Alfred Payton if they want to keep him. Figuring out if they want to keep Alfred Payton to begin with. Whether Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier are part of this team's future or whether it's time to flip the core over. And, and, and no, that doesn't mean they shouldn't look for trades, especially on the trade that like, any, smart friend, any smart front office is going to look for trades no matter what's happening. But I don't think they should be going out searching for them at ad nauseum, being like, okay, we need to trade Vucevic and Fournier so we can tank. No, that's not how you approach a trade. No. You, they should, you, be, they should not be looking, okay, we should trade them to go make a run at the playoffs. No. that You look for a good offer based on whatever direction you want to take the franchise in, whether that's a rebuild or a playoff push. But you find a good – you don't just do it with one goal in mind. You need to have a good idea of, like, are we getting good assets for this – player back it's 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 important with new management especially to get in guys that fit their vision they're they're clearly working with someone else's i mean they're they're a chef working with someone else's knives right now and they're not probably comfortable with all of them all of them and some of them they're like oh i don't use this so i'm gonna get i'm gonna go get something that i use that that i need that's that's essentially where the magic are at as an organization rebuilding or, or trying to build themselves back up Obviously, you know, maybe new management doesn't have the context that, that some fans might where it's been five years. It's been difficult to watch this team play at times where it's like, come on, like make, make something happen. And, and, and that impatience and that frustration is very real and, and honestly is somewhat deserved. I mean, I think, I think that, um, I think that fans who feel very frustrated with the, with the direction that this team has gone and how the season has gone have every right to feel frustrated with it. And they absolutely should be frustrated with it. And it's good that they feel frustrated with it. If you didn't feel frustrated, that would be a problem. Um, and, and just because you don't maybe see the front office overtly expressing that frustration um, is, you know, don't take that as something against them. Don't take that as, as, um, as, as them not doing their job or not caring, but because they have to kind of keep a neutral, neutral stance publicly to, to keep value in guys and keep guys confident. They can't be out trashing players. I mean, that, that wouldn't make sense. Um, but obvious, but I think it's obvious at this point that we can, we can make some conclusions maybe, or we can say there are definite changes that, that need to be made. Um, Chris, I'm going to put you in the spot of, of GM here or, or present basketball operations or whatever they're going to call it. Um, what 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 direction do the mag what direction do the magic need to go? Uh, what what's kind of the first decision that you might make for this team uh, as as the deadline comes in, in the next month and a half? Honestly, Stan Pat, that's what I would do. I would make teams come to me. I don't see what value I don't see what value you're going to get in trading Vucevic or Fournier right now. I don't think you can move Biombo at all. I think you need to wait and see on Aaron Gordon still. If you can find a deal for Alfred Payton, maybe, but at the same time, I don't know if that's something you should be really doing. I think you should 
again, he's been playing really well. Maybe I don't think they should be seeking a deal for him. I think, especially when he's going to be restricted free agent. So whatever you're going to get back in return for him is not going to be a good, not going to be a good return in my opinion. Uh, and you can always, I mean, and as far as like the cap holds and, and, and the salary cap machinations, if you have no intention of signing off for Peyton, you don't have to sign him to a qualifying offer. And that takes his cap hold off your books. Right. So, so it, it, it and, and the, the, the way cap holds work, you can renounce and unrenounce them very easily. Right. So I it's, don't, it's, it's not a, it's not like a huge deal. So I don't really think they're in dire need of making a move, which that sounds boring and painful, but, and not very exciting, honestly, but. I don't see what really they can do unless someone out there is in dire need of a starting caliber to back up center and a wing player, which yeah. let's be honest, those might be two of the three most overfilled positions in the NBA right now. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think you make a good point. It, it's, it's not so much that the magic need to trade anyone. It's making sure they get back what they want in return. Don't make a trade just for the sake of making a trade. Exactly. That's what Rob Hennigan did. Exactly. And and that's what gets you into trouble. You need to have a long-term vision and you need to bring in players that you're going to use that that are going to be part of this team's future. It does it doesn't make sense uh, and unless it's a player you're going to going to you want to get rid of anyway, it doesn't make sense to bring in players that you're just going to let walk in the summer anyway. So don't go after say a you know, I, I think, you know, some, some names that might be thrown around like um, don't go after a, 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 a Julius Randle, say, who's going to be a free agent this summer if you don't intend to make him part of your long-term vision or part of your long-term team. That doesn't make sense right now. Right now, it's about building for the long-term, maybe creating some financial flexibility, um, but being smart about right. if the you can get beyond you those, If you can get beyond those contract out the books, you do that immediately. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, unless it's, unless it brings you back a really bad contract. But, or, but again, but if you can trade for three expirings or two-year deals... That are gonna yeah get you out get you out of that contract get you out of beyond this contract for quickly that's something you almost always do the the real question I mean the the interesting question that I think the Magic might face is do they give up um you know a, a are they willing to take back maybe a bad a player on a not a terrible contract but a a, a quote unquote bad contract that's maybe a two year deal to get another pick that would be that would be my interesting question for the Magic as the trade deadline comes across is, is is whether they're really invested in getting more draft picks or whether it's more important for them to get out from under some of these bad contracts and recreate financial flexibility. I, I kind of think they're going to lean toward financial flexibility more than more than stock. I think they are picks. as well, just because this entire roster right now is nothing but assets and bad contracts. Yeah. I don't think they're willing to take on more bad contracts just for the sake of a maybe draft pick. I think they just want to go as clean slate as they possibly can. Not not to mention, you know, the, I think the big mystery looming uh, looming in the back in the background for all this talk about financial flexibility is that essentially all of their cap room this summer has to go to Aaron Gordon's new contract if if they're going to keep him. And so like there there's not a lot of wiggle room for this team. Like getting financial flexibility changes the game and changes the way this team can build completely. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right. Um, and so I, I definitely think that that, it, it, the magic on a tricky place. I mean, you can you can go back and listen to yesterday's podcast with the uh, with Andrew Bernica, we, where we talked a little bit more about the trade market. Um, 
it, 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 the Magic are definitely in a very, very tricky place uh, and a very, very difficult spot as far as building their team up and, and kind of getting them back on the right track. It's, it's, it's unclear at this point who you even build around. I mean, I, I think Aaron Gordon's been pretty good this year. Uh, and at this point, it, it feels like you have to be willing to invest in him because he's, what, 22 years old, averaging 18 points per game. Really, You seems don't like want he's him to turn into another Victor Oladipo or Tobias Harris <laughs> where you, gave, you rightfully gave up on the player for reasons that made sense at the time. They went away. They were still the same player for a while, and then they broke out later. Mm-hmm. You don't want Aaron Gordon to turn into that as well because – of those three, he might have the highest potential of a breakout into something really special. And just, if that happens to them again, I don't know if Magic fans will be able to handle it. I mean, Magic fans Magic fans have a long memory of players who leave the team and play better elsewhere. I mean, it goes beyond just Maurice Harkless being a starter for the Blazers. or Shabazz That trace still makes me mad. It should, and it should. <laughs> it should make you mad because... I was that mad was when just, that happened. That like, like, like Rob Hennigan's... Rob Hennigan had many issues... Issue like three of the twenty million that he had was mismanaging the team's assets. Like you had a good young player who showed plenty of flashes that that they just could they couldn't put on the floor for some reason uh, on a team that was full of young guys that was supposedly rebuilding, and then they traded him away for nothing. <laughs> a second round pick that I'm still not sure they've seen. They're not ever going to see it. it it's 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 top five. It's top fifty five protected. Portland's not going to finish in the bottom in the bottom five in the second round ever. Are you sure? Maybe they could go to the NBA Finals. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. It's still by record. No, if you go to the NBA Finals, it's you're the last. Oh, two. really? Oh, yeah, man, that might be true. Um, yeah, trying to hear the Magic went. They were like 29th in the. I think you might be right. No, but the Magic aren't picking that low that low anytime soon. Are you sure? Um, have faith. <laughs> I I do, have. Do you remember eight and four? Do you remember eight and four? Eight and four was magical. Eight and four was magical. Um, October, what a time! October, what a what a what a time to be alive. Halloween candy. I miss candy. Um, although the the wheels hadn't fallen off by by Halloween, it was still it was still it was still the good times. And and the times can be good again, maybe possibly next year. Um, but uh, you <laughs> it's know, almost a new year. Almost, <laughs> almost new, my 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 New Year's resolution for the Magic is to actually win a basketball game. But um, I put under their uh, Christmas tree in my power rankings. Free season passes to Disney. Well, now that, like, that they got that sponsorship, yeah, they could. They could they and could a time machine to go back to October. Well, the time machine is is unfortunately at Universal, although they, they may have trashed it. At, at, at They're point. in Orlando. They can find a way. They can find a way. The DeLorean is still on display at Universal. I think it still works. Um, we 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 hinted at this. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you about it now. Are you ready to go where no Magic jersey has gone before? <laughs> Space. These are the voyages of the Magic City Edition jersey. It's continuing mission to confuse and befuddle Magic fans or delight them because I've actually been very surprised that the reaction to this jersey has been fairly split down the middle. Where do you they're, think? They're better than the last two alternates they made. That's true. The last two alternates were horrendous. Thanks, Adidas. Yeah, which, no. which, by the way, how does a franchise with the, such a great uniform history as this, which even their current set, which are kind of older at this point, are still better than a lot of magic than a lot of uniforms that most franchises have had ever which they have a really solid set how is it that they're so bad at making alternates the last yeah, few years seriously and then they come up with which honestly i don't know i don't find them terrible i what i hate about them is i hate the monochrome logo the monochrome logo is awful i'm just honestly i'm anti putting logos on jerseys in the first place usually i'm usually i'm usually against uh, jer- uh logos on the jersey as well yeah unless it's 
unless it works like the old Raptors cartoon jersey or the or the Blazers. Uh, those were those, the Blazers sash. Is the really Blazers cool. sash is, is is perfect. The sun. The only thing the only thing that annoys me about the Blazers sash is that it doesn't always match with the pants. Like they the, the pants are never like perfectly in line with it, and I, I think that that's a crime that it's not. <laughs> but that's me. Um, right. So it can work. But I don't like the Magic's monochrome logo. I don't think it works like at all. I think it'd be much better with text. The number placement is terrible. The number placement is there because of the use of the secondary logo on the jersey. Really? Like where, where else are you going to put it? Under we're it. Scroll, we're scrolling down here. So, sorry. Where'd it go? There it is. Like you can't put it directly underneath the logo because the logo is so lopsided. And the placement and and the the, the which again says the lo- how bad the logo is then yeah I mean and, and, the, and the number font what is with the number font it's I the don't... same number font as the regular jersey though but it doesn't work on this jersey I agree um I I uh. I, I, I like I I but here's I like... the thing uh, when I initially heard they were gonna do a space thing and I saw the mockups I was like oh no because it the looked, mockups were really bad it looked like they just googled star and it still looks Constell- like that it looked like they just googled star constellation and pasted it into a uniform and, and the fact and, and the said, fact we made a jersey and the fact that the mock-ups were purple i think threw a lot of people off because purple is not part of the magic's color scheme, ever as much as i'd like it to be well it was black and um, purple but yes yeah yeah but but, not, but like the blue the blue the bluish night sky is a little is, is better so like it, it, it's better than it could have been if this was if that's if they replaced the logo with or with orl or orlando or magic and placed the number in a normal spot and that was just and the blue star sky was just like the entire rest of the jersey i think they'd be great I think yeah. they'd be awesome. They'd be unique, which honestly, that's been one of the cool things about the Magic franchise's jersey history is a lot of their jerseys are unique. The the T-Max Star jerseys, I don't yeah. think... No, no, one, see, no one gives those jerseys enough credit for being as good as Those are, are my favorite. I know the pinstripes are iconic. Pinstripes are classic, but the, but the pinstripes, like, in fairness to the pinstripes, in fairness to, to the pinstripes, the pinstripes were like very like kind of 90, 90s tacky. They're very iconic and they're awesome. I love yeah. them. But my personal favorite are the Star jerseys from the T-Mac era just because they're so unique and cool and... I really enjoy the players and complain about them so much. It would have been it, like the, the technology that was used for them. They were done for more for design than for like comfort, comfort and use. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, no, those jerseys, I love those jerseys. Like those, so those jerseys. This could have fantastic. been another chance where they could have done something really unique and different and cool. And instead they went too far into the different and it's just weird looking and not good. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I like, I give Nike credit for trying something different. Um, and, and, and unlike, Really, unlike any other of these jerseys, of Not the City Edition jerseys, yeah, uh, like more than any of these City Edition jerseys, the Magic's jersey, I think, was the most out there, like the, the one that took the biggest risk. And just because they didn't pull it off doesn't mean it wasn't worth trying. And 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 for fans that are like, oh, these jerseys suck, I can't believe they're going to wear these things, it's only for this year. They're going to change the City Edition jersey every single year. They're the fourth jersey, it may not be a City Edition every year. But it, there's going to be a different jersey every single year, and, and and obviously these are done to kind of sell new things. And the people that do no, like that's this the jersey, only reason they're that's the only reason they're done. Why do you think LeBron has like twenty thousand alternates? In his that's career? fair. That's fair. Um, it, I, I I think that the people that want this jersey, they're going to love it. It's going to sell. Um, the hats. If you haven't seen the hats, um, I love the monochrome logo on the hat. That is actually that really is good. The really hats nice are look. awesome. That, that is a really was, nice. If this look. was a baseball team, they would have the best hats hats in the NBA. Yeah. And so, like, I, I <laughs> give, yeah, in, the, in baseball, yeah. I mean, I, I give, I give the Magic credit, or Nike credit, whoever, whoever deserves credit. I give them credit for trying something bold and trying something different. Um, you know, sometimes you, sometimes you, you don't hit the mark. And I do agree. I don't think the Magic quite hit the mark with these jerseys. I, 
I want to see them in action before I make really a final judgment. Um, the pants, I've like uh, NBA Live posted a, a photo of the full jersey, and the pants are also kind of starry night. Oh, and no. I don't think that looks that's necessarily a great look. And uh, I, well, then again, on the other hand, I don't know if it'd be good. I don't know if it would be good if they just went like a plain like blue shorts. I, I mean, if 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 it were me, I would have kind of faded slowly into black at the bo- at the bottom and then the pants are just kind of a, a straight black maybe someone said some just something cool on twitter they said they should have done you know how the new black the new black jerseys they instead of having the weird black and white which mm-hmm. didn't look good they yeah. just went full black with blue yeah. light if they had made those space the little side bars space that's, instead and, that's, and that was the next thing i was going to ask and then you, if they had like star like the magic stars coming down the side of the shorts that would be cool looking. that would have been good looking um, I, I I agree, uh, and I was actually going to ask you about that because you know obviously um, you know the, we, we were shooting around today, and some somebody someone was like, why did they go with space? And and if you know Central Florida at all, you know that the the the, the aerospace industry is huge in Central Florida. It it, it, it even even in Orlando, while uh, Kennedy Space Center is out in Cape Canaveral and Titusville on on the east coast of Florida, it's about forty five minute drive away from downtown Orlando. Um, Orlando is very much a kind of a, a, a space city, a space, and not so much a hub because that's definitely Kennedy Space Center, but we're the biggest city closest to to that industry. And there's still a lot of jobs in the area that are very much tied to space exploration and space and, 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 and the whole aerospace industry. And so like as a representation of the city, um, you know, the Magic and Nike kind of played it off as um, a kind of a, a, a tapping into the imagination. Like here, here, Nike's explanation for the jersey are, quote, the edges of light bordering our universe reveal a vastness greater than our imagination. Emblematic of the desire to achieve more. I'm going into my Neil deGrasse Tyson voice here. The Orlando Magic City Edition uniform is the will to break boundaries, push our outer confines, and find something greater than our individual selves. You need to sound smarter if you're going to be Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so essentially, like the the the, the PR. Well, I'm just doing an impersonation. I mean, I'm I'm not. Well, if you, if you want to go full Neil deGrasse Tyson, you need to uh, talk about how when someone says, "Oh, the sun has risen," you'd be like, "Actually, the sun in some places is not risen right now. It's actually set." You know, be just really, actually go full well. Actually, about actually, it. actually, Chris. Oh, okay. Well, there. there actually, you go. Chris. There you go. The sun neither rises nor sets. It is the Earth that revolves around the sun that spins. There you go. Bringing you the sun into view. You got your full of our night sky. You got full Neil deGrasse Tyson there. Congratulations. <laughs> there you go. There you go. See. See, you 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 you, you, you figure you figure that out. Um, but like essentially, the PR ba- the, the the PR talk with the jersey or the PR explanation for the jersey is that, you know, magic creates a sense of wonder. Orlando is obviously home of Disney, a place of imagination. The night sky always inspires people's imagination, and so space is cool. Space is cool. Yeah, it, it's it's a huge stretch, obviously, and and, and you know the the, the PR explanation is a huge stretch, but again. They they took they took a little bit of a leap with this, and I I don't think it's a bad idea. I would have liked to see them maybe do something more similar to what UCF did with their space jerseys. On those are awesome. Those like are so the way great. the way I mean, if you haven't seen photos of the UCF space jerseys, they put the night sky inside of the logo, and I think like figuring out a way to do that maybe with the numbers or the side piping would have been a much better way to incorporate this theme than than the way they did it, or to to make it. I think my problem with the jersey is that it looks like they took a print of a blue night sky and used that as the background. Or they or like I saw someone say it like they, it's like they went to a Michaels and found this 
found this print fabric and decided I'm going to make something out of that. Or these are going to be my, these are going to be my curtains now. And no, we haven't seen them in person. So maybe the, like yeah. the print will at least look a little better. Yeah. And, 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 and I think, I think that's, that's definitely fair to say. Um, but again, really, it's a really bold idea. And, and, and so it's going to, it's either going to, yeah, it looks like, it looks like it's perfectly made for an advertisement to go right into the numbers. Yeah. Which for a while we've been, uh, I've been wondering when they're going to go full on European soccer ads as opposed to, um, that's definitely a big part of this. Um, uh, I mean, we all know it's coming. I, well, I don't know. How, I don't know. The patches seem to be going well. The, the, when the patches, if the patches are going well, it's inevitable that they, well, right. They they're going well because you forget they exist. Exactly. Um, and, and, and all the Nike jerseys they showed off did not have the patches. The patches will be added on, um, for the games. Um, so, you know, it, Jerseys are fun. They're supposed to be fun. You know, they're 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 a minor thing about the team. Uh, so, you know, I I don't think you know we should go crazy over a jersey again. They're only going to wear it maybe what ten times the rest of the season. If that. If that. Um, they'll they'll wear it January thirty first. That's when they'll debut against the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, and from there, uh, Do they have to play the snake against the snake jersey. Well, they both they both be dark colors. I don't think they play the Bomba jerseys. Those are speaking of bad jerseys. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, it, it, the Magic's jersey is definitely the most Lakers audacious. Lakers fans, but Kobe retired. Get over it. <laughs> He's got two jerseys retired. He has three jerseys now, man. He has two jerseys retired, and now he has a freaking jersey named after him. That's true. It, it figures that 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 they would get get the Nike get the Nike uh, on on board with that. So and probably uh, LeBron designed the Cavs one, which. All right. I mean, he controls everything in that franchise. So. It was funny. He had a comment after he had a comment saying uh, that they'll become popular after the Cavs wear. And I was like, of course they will. Anything you wear becomes popular. <laughs> yeah, especially in Ohio, except for uh, except for his presidential candidate. <laughs> um, Hashtag Cleveland T-shirt economy. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah. So that, that that's the jersey, uh, Chris. Uh, thank you for thank you for coming on. I know I've got you kind of captive here as we wait for the game to start on on Thursday, but I'm glad glad we could get you on to, to talk a little bit about how the Magic are doing so far this year. Um, please send and, help. <laughs> yeah, please please send help. Um, you know if 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 anyone out there is listening. No, I mean help help me. He won't let me. <laughs> oh no 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 no. You don't you don't need to send help for help for that. Um, you know I'll, I'll be I'll be I'll be torturing him plenty later on when, when the Magic take on the Pistons. That sounds weird. Um, <laughs> it does. It does. It that sounded does. really weird. It, it 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 sounded better in my head, just like just like the Magic City Edition jerseys. It sounded better in my head than it do, than it did in paper. But let's 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 end the show before I say something I regret. Um, I'll be back. I'll I'll probably stick some ads in here in a little bit, or I won't because you know maybe maybe they won't get put in there. Um, but I'll be back in just a moment, and we'll chat a little bit about the Magic's game against the Detroit Pistons. But Chris, before we do that, where can people find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Twitter at Chris Barnwell, C H R I S B A R N E Wall. If you have any hate mail, send us to Zach Oliver NBA. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely do that. Um, and of course, uh, you can ca- catch Chris's weekly power rankings every week on CBSSports.com, as well as his great writing. I know he's working on something really good that I know will interest Magic fans uh, or longtime Magic fans, at least, uh, coming up on CBS Sports. Now, 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 now you're on record. You're, you have to, you have to write it. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, I can get the quotes today. <laughs> That's the pesky thing about players. Um, but check, generally, check out Chris's great work over at CBSSports.com. does a great job over there covering the NBA, and uh, he's been at Magic Games as well. So definitely send him uh, send him some love as well as send him some hate mail as well. Or send, no, it to, send, the, send, send, that, send the hate mail to Zach Oliver, uh, at Zach Oliver NBA. That's Thank absolutely you. true. 
Um, and, and, and Zach loves puns. So if you can write in puns, <laughs> he will absolutely love you for it. Um, uh, yeah, he adores them, especially from Phil. <laughs> yes, that is very true. Uh, that's going to do it for this portion of the show. I'll be back in just a moment to, to, to recap the Magic's game against the Detroit Pistons. Uh, until then, or after these ads, uh, for Chris Bar- Barnwell, it's been Philip Ross and Reich over London Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. I'll see you in a little bit. Prediction, Alfred Payton scores 20. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And oh, how close you got, Chris. How close you did. This is Philip Rossman-Reich of Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic back with you here uh, to close out today's show. Hope you all enjoyed that conversation I had with Chris and about how poorly the Magic are playing because guess what? We get to end the week and get to end today's show on a happy note. The Orlando Magic played the Detroit Pistons on Thursday at a sold-out Amway Center. Probably more people there than were at the cha- at the Camping World Bowl. Bowl. Uh, ducks, ducks, don't 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 hate me. Don't at me. Um, as the Orlando Magic defeat the Detroit Pistons one hundred two to eighty nine at the Amway Center in what was really, honestly, honest to goodness, the best game the Magic had played in a very very long time. I mean, I, uh, I I'm having trouble thinking the last time they played as well as they played on on Thursday. A lot of it was a continuation of what they did against the Miami Heat on on Tuesday, to be perfectly honest. Defense was active and aggressive and strong throughout the game, even though the offense kind of went in, in fits and spurts. Uh, the team was was good at getting the ball moving, and, and, and when the offense was really good, it was really, really good. And most importantly, the Magic made the plays that they had to make down the stretch, whether it was Maurice Spates doing his Mo Buckets thing in the fourth quarter to give the Magic a, a, a healthy cushion, or whether it was Alfred Payton making the plays, making the passes to get guys open and the team just moving the ball really effectively to get open shots, to expand the lead out to as much as 17 points in the fourth quarter to put this one away. The Magic took this one on their front foot and dominated more, not, not more or less from start to finish, but made the plays that they had to make to eke out this victory. At the end of the third and into the fourth, we really finally got the payoff. You know, that there was a huge emphasis in the last couple of days of um, playing for each other. You know, I mean, we emphasized it all year, but, you know, more importantly, the last the last couple of games, you know, it's it's been about, you know, the guys trying to pick up a scoring load. And, you know, it has to be about the pass. It has to be about creating for others. The pass makes the game easy. And we had our best passing game of... Uh, you know, of the last few weeks tonight, and it resulted in better shooting, you know, and, and that was the stretch toward the end of the third and into the fourth where the ball was really moving. Guys were not looking to force, and, uh, you know, we finally got the payoff. We actually played that way in the first quarter, too, and we scored 33 points while missing, I think, four, maybe five open threes. So we had an opportunity to, to have an explosive first quarter, but uh, you know, the pass is, is going to be big for us. 
It's not like the Magic had a killer offensive game. They shoot just 45.1% from the floor, 11 for 26 from beyond the arc. Uh, only score they score 102 points. Their offensive rating actually was about 102 as well. So this was this was not a strong offensive game by any stretch of the imagination. What, but but when Orlando needed the points, when they needed to get buckets. They found a way to get them, and, and Alfred Payton was a big part of that, and Reese Spates was a big part of that. Evan Fournier made some big shots as he played his second game back from a sprained ankle. It was a game-time decision. Uh, Aaron Gordon made his return, played played some big minutes, and, and, and made some nice plays. as He was clearly knocking off some rust, made some mistakes as well. Uh, but generally, when Orlando wasn't forcing things offensively, they were getting the shots that they wanted, and more importantly... They probably played their best overall defensive game in a very, very long time. It was the first time they'd hold, they'd held an opponent under 100 points since the loss to Portland a few weeks ago. The first time that they'd held an opponent under 100 points in a win since the win over the Knicks at home way back when, when they were actually a good team. So uh, Orlando played at an extremely high level for most of the evening on the defensive end. Detroit shoots just 39.8% from the floor. They were 9 of 23 from beyond the arc. They were 7 of 14 in the first half. They were 2 of 9 in the second half, so Orlando did a much better job locking down the three-point line. They forced 16 turnovers for 14 points, and really, every time Detroit made a push, and they made a few pushes, when Detroit made a push, you could really point to mistakes that the Magic made. Um, didn't get a chance to really talk about this in any of my articles on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, but Orlando commits 19 turnovers for 18 points. They had eight turnovers in the second quarter when they gave up a 12, a 14-0 run that gave up the lead. Orlando fought back to tie the game by halftime. So Orlando you know, made plenty of mistakes in this game. This was not a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but at the same time, some of those mistakes were from players trying to do a little bit too much. Uh, you look at Aaron Gordon. He had five turnovers. Jonathan Simmons had three turnovers. Uh, Evan Fournier had three turnovers. You kind of expect those guys to turn the ball over, uh, not Simmons, but Gordon and Fournier, you expect maybe to turn the ball over a little bit more because of their rust. Uh, but overall, the Magic did kind of a poor job protecting the ball and valuing possessions. Uh, and that hurt them, and that's when their defense was at its weakest, when the Pistons were able to get out and transition. They score 18 points off those 19 turnovers. But that's about all the negative you can say about the Magic in this game. They played extremely, extremely well. There's no getting around it. And when you break down the statistics as well there, you see a, a very strong effort. Alfred Payton leads the way with 19 points, uh, seven or eight rebounds, eight assists, a, a great masterful game from him. He's playing at a very high level right now getting others involved. I liked what Aaron Gordon said. Sometimes Alfred forgets that he's bigger than a lot of these other point guards and that he can just kind of bully his way to the basket. He did that a lot tonight. He really played well through contact, got to the line for six free throw attempts, made all six as the Magic made 17 of 17 free throws, setting a team record for for most free throws attempted, making all of them. So that was, that, that's definitely a, a good sign for Orlando and getting to the line, of course is always a good thing, something that this Magic team does not do enough still. Aaron Gordon, in his return to the lineup, scores 14 points, 6 for 12 shooting as well, 7 rebounds, 5 turnovers like I said, but I thought Aaron moved really, really well. Took him a little while to get into some rhythm. Um, It tried to force things a little too much uh, in the third quarter specifically, but overall, a a strong return for Aaron Gordon. Uh, Plenty to build off of, plenty to grow from, and good to have him back. He makes a huge difference. Uh, just like with Evan Fournier returning on Tuesday, his return really boosted the team's energy, and they played they played a really good game. Again, you can't complain too much. 
Evan Fournier had 17 points, 6 for 13 shooting, 5 assists for Fournier. Still getting a shot down, I would say, um, but definitely came around toward the end of the game, made a huge three-pointer to make it a 15-point lead with about two minutes to go and put the game away. Really nice play from him um, uh, throughout the throughout the game. Bismack Biombo with a surprising 12 points on 5 for 7 shooting, added 13 rebounds as well as a blocked shot. Biombo, we know his limitations, uh, but making a difference defensively, I have to say. And so I think, uh, and when he, you're getting 12 points from him offensively, you're doing a doing you're getting a bonus to be to be frank uh and so big play from him uh Murray Spates 16 points 5 for 13 shooting missed his first five shots of the game you know he's Murray Spates he'll take some questionable shots here and there but when he gets going he gets going and the energy in the building completely changed when Spates started hitting threes in the fourth quarter completely broke open the game that was a big difference in the game that's the difference between a close game and a blowout Magic got a blowout because Murray Spates made some shots infected the rest of the bench Aaron Aflalo with eight points um, nearing his career, his season high of nine there. Aaron started making shots again, and that's that's definitely a good sign for Aaron Aflalo. Again, overall, Orlando shoots 45.1% from the floor, 11 for 26 from beyond the arc, 48 rebounds to 42 rebounds for the Pistons, 19 turnovers, the only blemish for the team there, but overall, a strong effort, a dominant win. Their defense did the job, fed their offense, made them a better, more efficient team. This is how the Magic need to play. The kind of energy, the kind of effort, the kind of intensity. This is how they need to play if they're going to build up some wins and, you know, who knows, maybe get back in the playoff race. Maybe not, probably not, but build some confidence. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to cover this team as if they need to win because I believe winning is always a good thing. And so that's where the Magic are at. Um, and we talked a little bit about that earlier in the section of the podcast with Chris Barnwell. So uh, I don't need to rehash that there. Once again, the final score, the Orlando Magic 102, the Detroit Pistons 89. Orlando snaps their nine-game losing streak and heads into Saturday's showdown with the Miami Heat on a one-game win streak. I guess it's a streak. I don't know if it's a streak. Does one count as a streak? Who knows? But we'll let you debate that over the weekend as the Magic take on the Heat on Saturday. Tip-off at the Amway Center there is at 7 o'clock. We'll have a complete recap of that game as well as a recap of, I guess, the 2017 calendar year as uh, I'll host my weekly Facebook Live up on the OrlandoMagicDaily.com Facebook page. Just go to Facebook.com slash OrlandoMagicDaily. We'll go live Sunday at noon to discuss all things Orlando Magic, uh, including that game against the Heat, and that'll be Monday's episode of Locked on Magic as well. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast, be sure to do that. You can subscribe on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places. Now, not Audioboom anymore, but iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. And, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Thanks for sticking with me for another long episode. Hope you enjoyed our guest, Chris Barnwell. You can find him at cbssports.com. But for now... For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, have a great weekend. We'll see you Sunday for the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. This has been Philip Rossenreich. I will see you again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.